at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America! Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the October 24th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. We're now 27 days away to the kickoff of the FIFA World Cup football tournament in Qatar. Joining us now for some World Cup analysis is my friend and VOA colleague, Muckbill Yabaro. Sporty World Cup greetings, Muckbill. Sporty World Cup greetings, Sonny. Muckbill in Group A, African champion Senegal will kick off its World Cup campaign November 21st when it plays the Netherlands. Who are the players to watch for Senegal? Sonny, I'd have to start off with Bayern Munich star and Senegal's top scorer, Sadio Mane. He also really brings the offense together as he can play both attacking midfield and striker. I then would have to go with the Chelsea duo starting off with the captain and star defender, Kalidou Kolobali, and goalkeeper Edward Mendy as integral parts of the Senegal side. Muckbill, will Senegal's opening match against the Dutch be its toughest test in the group stage? I believe it will be the most challenging game for Senegal, Sonny, as they have a solid defense led by Virgil van Dijk that may make it difficult for the Senegalese side to have their way. It's also a team that has made it to the World Cup Finals three times but has yet to win it all, so I'm sure they'll give it everything they can with the opening game to assert dominance in the group. But they'll still leave the Lions of Teringa in a great spot to feel out the group. If they're able to come away with a win or draw, they should be able to advance to the knockout phase as Ecuador and host nation Qatar don't really have as much firepower as the reigning champs of Africa. Senegal is led by head coach Aliou Cisse, who played for the Lions of Taranga at the 2002 World Cup in Japan and South Korea. Muckbill, how important is Cisse to Senegal making a successful run in Qatar? I believe his success with this team has been because they have a head coach who understands the totality of who these players truly are, whether it's ones that want to make an impact on the world stage so that they can go on and play for bigger clubs, or ones who are already doing that and want to do it for their home country, he understands it all, you know. Um, having been the captain of that 2002 Senegal side that made it to the quarterfinals and having experience in the Premier League with Birmingham and Portsmouth, he really understands what it takes for his team to get there and beyond. Muckbill, our now-retired VOA friend, Shaka Sali the former host of our Straight Talk Africa program, used to like to ask guests to answer from the deepest, better part of the bottom of their hearts. In the deepest, better part of the bottom of your heart, Muckbill, do you think Senegal can better its 2002 World Cup performance and make it to the semifinals or even the final? 
<laughs> Sonny, that's a tough, tough question, man. But I will say if there was ever a chance for an African team to best that quarterfinals appearance, it would be this team. I feel as though this team plays excellent team ball. And they have three key players that I mentioned earlier that have leadership across the board. They're also coming off that AFCON win, which I'm sure will give them a boost as well. So to answer Shaka Sali's question, from the deepest, better part of the bottom of my heart, I feel like Senegal can go further than the quarterfinals. You heard it here first, Sonny. What about fan support, Muckbill? Do you think many Senegalese fans will make the trip from Dakar to Doha? From what I've heard, Sonny, I've been hearing and seeing online thousands and thousands of Senegalese fans from all over will be making a trip to Qatar to support their team. Hopefully they'll give them that boost that they may need to overcome that hump to be able to surpass that quarterfinals in 2002. As we all know, fans are a a huge, huge, huge role um, in confidence building for their players Back to you, Sonny. That's my VOA colleague, Muckbill Yabaro. And Muckbill spoke with us here in Washington. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. The draw for the 2023 Women's World Cup football tournament was held over the weekend in Auckland, New Zealand. 29 of the 32 teams found out their groupings. The other three teams will be decided in inter-confederation playoffs. Let's take a look at the eight groups. In Group A, it's New Zealand, Norway, the Philippines, and Switzerland. Group B has Australia, Ireland, Nigeria, and Canada. Group C has Spain, Costa Rica, Zambia, and Japan. In Group D, it's England, a playoff winner, Denmark, and China. Group E has the United States bidding for an unprecedented third consecutive Women's World Cup title, Vietnam, the Netherlands, and a playoff winner. In Group F, it's France, Jamaica, Brazil, and a playoff winner. Group G has Sweden, South Africa, Italy, and Argentina. And Group H has Germany, South Korea, Colombia, and Morocco. For reaction to Zambia's group, Iron Mike Mbonye called Lusaka, where he reached Zambian football analyst Chibulu Musanda. Zambia is participating women football at the Senior World Cup for the very first time. And it's indeed the very first time for Zambian football at any levels um, to participate at the Senior World Cup. Never qualified to the Senior Men's World Cup. And the draws that were made have handed Zambia a very tough-looking group in as far as Group C is concerned. Because obviously in that, you have Spain, who are highly ranked in world football. They're about number six on the planet and recently their top player Alexis Puteras managed to defend her Ballon d'Or for women and so that will be formidable opposition and when you look at Japan they are former champions of the World Cup in 2011 they have a very competitive team and they have high expectations in as far as the World Cup is concerned and then Costa Rica been to the World Cup before and when they played last at the female World Cup they did not disappoint they managed to hold Spain at the finals. And they are one of the top 
three teams in Central America, the others being Panama and Guatemala. For that reason, outplaced Zambia as the underdogs in this particular group. Costa Rica are ranked number 37 in the world, and Zambia is about in the 80s, 87th. And so, this is a tough group in my opinion. The favorites will be Spain as well as Japan. Zambia will have an outside chance. This will be Zambia's first appearance at the World Cup. Do you think the Copa Queens will be intimidated by the presence of other teams in Group C? Zambia will not uh, necessarily be intimidated by other teams in Group C, given that Olympics in Tokyo and they faced formidable opposition in um, Holland, the Netherlands, so to speak, Brazil and China. And so this is the second time that Zambia will be going to a showpiece event uh, where they are going to play formidable opposition. And uh, one would want to think that the experience that they had at the Olympics where they were involved in some very high scoring matches against the, the Netherlands as well as uh, China and losing narrowly to Brazil means that they will not be faced by the sort of opposition that they will face. They had played a friendly against Chile prior to going to the Olympics. They triumphed in Chile, and so I think that with the players that Zambia has at present, if you look at Barbara Banda, Racho Kundananji, Grace Chanda, um, they are all performing at the peak of their powers, even for their clubs. And this will stand the Zambian team in good stead, and they will not necessarily be intimidated by the sort of opposition that they'll be facing at the World Cup. That's not to say that they will not start as underdogs, like I stated earlier on, there will be huge uh, underdogs um, fancying Japan and Spain to be the firm favorites to, to come out of Group C uh, into the knockout phases. But having said that, if Zambia do play according to their power, according to their strength in terms of, the, of that they have, they should be able to put up a very competitive uh, performance. And who knows? Um, they could turn out to be giant killers. I think this is what they'll be going into this World Cup Finals with, not necessarily to be intimidated. Uh, I don't think that they'll be intimidated. If you look at the last Africa Cup of Nations, they managed to defeat Nigeria, whom they had never beaten before in the third and fourth playoff to be able to get the bronze. And it needed a very controversial uh, VAR-induced penalty in the semi-finals very late in the match for them to lose to South Africa, who had been their perennial nemesis, if you like, in as far as African football is concerned. So that is what will give them confidence, the Zambians, to go into the World Cup, feeling that uh, they could play anybody. It's going to be very difficult and tough, but there is that possibility of them being giant killers. What would be your advice to the Football Association of Zambia on the choice of players or composition of the team to the World Cup? I think my advice to the Football Association would be that they would need to stick with the same players that have served them very well in qualifying to the Olympics, like I said earlier on, as well as uh, winning bronze at the recently um, held Women Africa Cup of Nations in Morocco, uh, because the team really has been together for quite some time. So that consistency is extremely important. There were some eligibility rules that ruled out some of Zambia's top players at the Women Africa Cup of Nations. Hopefully that has been overcome because obviously the rules for the World Cup are different. But uh, I expect 
the Football Association of Zambia and coach Bruce Mwape to maintain basically the same players that have served the nation very well in as far as the qualification to the World Cup is concerned, the Olympics as well, and minting bronze. Apart from that, I would want to see addition to the technical bench. Uh, a few uh, um, members of the bench to, to broaden it. For example, we might need to have the physical trainer and uh, maybe one more assistant coach to help um, Bruce Mape just to broaden the technical bench. Aside from that, the usual customers in as far as the players uh, that have saved Zambia well are expected and should be named. And uh, seen some very good performances in Spain from Rachel Kundananji, who missed the Women Africa Cup of Nations. There's been some very good performances for the captain as well in, in Madrid CFF. That's uh, Grace Chanda, captain in the absence of the usual captain, Barbara Banda. And so I don't think that there will be, there should be any major surprises. If there are going to be inclusions uh, over the course of the next nine months, if there are some players that stand out, these basically probably will just, you know, to add, will go to add in depth and not necessarily be the ones that the nation will rely on in as far as taking on La Roja, you know, Costa Rica or even Japan. We need to go with the tried and tested professionals that have saved the nation very well over the course of qualification to the World Cup as well as the Olympics. That's Zambian football analyst Chibulu Musanda. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lusaka, Zambia. Sporty greetings. This is Chibulu Musanda, Zambian football analyst. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Let's give a belated sunny side of sports birthday salute to Brazilian football legend Pele, who celebrated his 82nd birthday on Sunday. Pele, the only player in history to lift the World Cup trophy three times. In 1958, 1962, and 1970. Follow the Sunny Side of Sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. You can also tune in your favorite VOA programs, including the Sunny Side of Sports, and find much more at VOAAfrica.com. And for world news, go to voanews.com.
listening to the sunny side of sports on the voice of america Prince Nesta says a Nigerian striker scored a big goal for Nottingham Forest over the weekend. Prince has that story and other highlights in the major European club football leagues. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sunny. Nigerian footballer Taiwo Awoni's second half goal helped Nottingham Forest secure a 1-0 home win against Liverpool. The Reds created several chances, but it was the tricky trees who ended up sealing the three points. Taiwo shared his thoughts on the match. For me, uh, I think it's a good game for my team. Uh, we have a plan to, stay, to, to play compact and uh, at the end to find a way to get a goal. And at the end, we won, and uh, I'm very happy about it. I'm always looking forward to the game against Liverpool because um, they brought me to, to football. They signed me when I was 18, and uh, it was an emotional game for me. He is Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp's reaction to his team's performance. Massive, massive blow because I have no idea how we could lose this game, to be honest. Not that we played exceptionally well, but I didn't expect that. Would have been nice if we could have done it, but with all the changes we had to make and the intense week we had behind us, um, it was clear we have to to make a fight of it. Boys did that. The chances they uh, Nottingham had were pretty much counter-attacks where we gave the ball just too to easy away. Um, played in the wrong spaces. Always when we played around the formation and used the wing, we were dangerous. We, we were a real threat. We could create. Um, and got set pieces then because on each set piece was obviously 80%, if not 100% chance pretty much. That we didn't finish one of these off is, is um, the main blow if you want because you cannot put them in better you cannot move better in the end if you get one player completely completely free in the box that's a perfect set piece and yeah we didn't put it too bad that's liverpool manager jürgen Klopp reacting to a tough battle away at nottingham forest which saw his side record their third premier league loss of the season arsenal dropped points for only the second time this season Scottish midfielder Stewart Armstrong's second half equaliser and Southampton a hard and pointed St. Mary's. The result leaves Arteta's side two points clear of second place Manchester City, while the Saints stay in 15th, three points clear of the relegation zone. Arsenal manager Mikhail Arteta reacted to his team's performance. I think the first half we had three, four clear-cut chances that uh, that we have to put them away uh, to win consistently in this league. When you are in those moments, you have to kill the game. We didn't. We let the game open, and uh, and in the second half, Australia, where we started, give too many balls away, concede too many long throws and corners, and and the game was really disturbed. We nearly got the momentum that we got in the first half. We still created two big chances again that we should have put away but uh, yeah you can win the draw Vincent Snow boss Mikhail Teta reacting after his side and a one-all draw against Southampton at St. Mary's Scoring machine Erling Haaland registered a double to help Manchester City secure a 3-1 win against Brighton at the Etihad Stadium. The Norwegian Dangerman has now scored an incredible 17 goals in 11 league games and 12 in his past five home games. City boss Pep Guardiola shared his thoughts on the match. The man a man-to-man game and so demanding and uh, they ask you to play a game that we are not used to. And uh, had to play more, not direct, but more thermans, 
and they did really really well and uh, of course the first half was good really good really really good uh, and the turning point the second half is when we could score the third goal where we had like normally it's a machine there uh, and after we concede the goal and after it was more difficult that's Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola expressing his thoughts following his team's victory against Brighton in the Premier League Chelsea and Manchester United battled to an entertaining one all Premier League draw in a match that was played at Stamford Bridge Italian playmaker Jorginho converted a penalty to put the hosts in front only for Brazilian midfielder Casemiro to equalize with a header and give the Red Devils a deserved share of the spoils. Chelsea boss Graham Potter, whose unbeaten run has now been extended to eight games in all competitions, shared his thoughts on the match. Yeah, an intense match. Um, boys gave absolutely everything. Uh, two hard-fought games, um, hard-fought teams. So it was a battling, battling game. You always feel that you're on the edge a little bit because of the quality that they have and probably similar to us. So uh, we had to adjust, I think, in the first half. We were better after the adjustment. Uh, disappointed to concede at the end. But over the course of the game, probably a point was about right. That's Chelsea manager Graham Potter reacting to his team's draw against Manchester United in the Premier League. United's boss Eric Ten Hag also shared reaction on its team's performance. I have to make a big compliment to my team. If they fight back after the, the fourth game in 10 days, and you see really uh, the spirit and uh, how they deal with setbacks really good and that you can bring this and you have the team, the individuals to deliver this is really a big compliment. That's Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag's reaction to his team's draw against Chelsea in the Premier League. Newcastle United moved into the Premier League top four with a 2-1 win at Tottenham, dealing another blow to Spurs' title aspirations. Callum Wilson and Miguel Almiron both netted for the Mudpies, while Hurricane pulled a goal back for Tottenham. Spurs boss Antonio Conte gave remarks on his team's performance. In our best moment, uh, uh, Newcastle uh, scored the first goal. In the second goal, uh, they... Uh, they scored in counter-attack, and then it was uh, really difficult no? to, to come back. In the second half, uh, we tried. We tried to we score one goal. We tried uh, to, uh, to make the deliver no? to, 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 to the draw, but uh, we didn't do uh, good enough. Then Tottenham manager Antonio Conte reacting to his team's loss against Newcastle in the Premier League. Moving on to the French League, French South Cameroonian descent Kylian Mbappe bagged a breast with seven-time Ballon d'Or winner Lionel Messi adding another to help PSG defeat a Jersey 3-0 to extend their unbeaten run in the French League. The Parisians remain undefeated in this season's competition and sits top of the table with 10 wins from its opening 12 games. In other fixtures, David Acosta's deflected goal gave second place Lens a 1 0 win away to Marseille, while French football of Ivorian descent Jonathan Bamba scored the winner as Lille beat Monaco four goals to three. Former Arsenal frontman Alexandre Lacazette's late goal also handed Lyon a 2 1 win against Montpellier. 
And finally, in La Liga, goals from Luka Modric, Lucas Vasquez, and Federico Valverde ensured leaders Real Madrid and a 3-1 home win over Sevilla. Sevilla remains rooted in the bottom half of the table on 10 points from 11 games, while Madrid extended their lead to 3 points over second-place Barcelona. The Blaugrana registered a 4-0 win against Athletic Bilbao, thanks to goals from French wing of Malian descent Osman Dembele, Sergi Roberto, Robert Lewandowski and Ferran Torres. Reporting for the sunny side of sports, I'm Prince Nestor. Thanks, Prince. Here in the United States, the Houston Astros will play the Philadelphia Phillies in the 118th edition of Major League Baseball's World Series. Both teams won their respective league championship series on Sunday. The Astros won the American League Championship Series, sweeping the New York Yankees four games to none. And the Phillies won the National League Championship Series, defeating the San Diego Padres four games to one. The AP's Michael Luongo reports from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Bryce Harper bothered a two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth inning to give the Phillies a National League championship with a 4-3 win over the Padres. Reese Hoskins home for the Phils, who will go to the World Series for the first time since 2009. Just never a doubt in the dugout. And that's just the type of players that we have. That's the type of belief that we have in each other. And it showed up today. San Diego scored two runs in the top of the seventh, taking a 3-2 lead on a wild pitch. The game-winning home run was the fifth of the postseason for Harper, who was named most valuable player of the National League Championship Series. I just looked at my dugout and kind of, it's for all of them. It's for this whole team. It's for this whole organization. We haven't been here for a long time. It's for every single fan that is here now and that isn't here. Um, you know, it's for all of them. Michael Luongo, Philadelphia. Thanks, Michael. From Philadelphia, let's go to New York City, where the Astros won the American League Championship Series by eliminating the Yankees. The AP's Tom Merriam reports from New York. The Houston Astros are going back to the World Series after defeating the Yankees 6-5 to to sweep their four-game American League Championship Series. Alex Bregman's single in the seventh inning capped a two-run rally to keep Houston the lead for good. The Yanks had taken a 5-4 lead into the inning on Harrison Bader's fifth homer of the postseason. The Astros also came back from a 3-0 deficit after two when series MVP Jeremy Pena blasted a three-run homer off Nestor Cortez. This team stuck with one another. You know, we rooted for one another, and we picked each other up all year, and we battled all year, and uh, it's great to be here at this point. The Astros have now won four of the last six American League pennants. Tom Ariam, New York. Thanks, Tom. The Astros will host the Phillies in Game 1 of baseball's Best of Seven World Series on Friday, October 28th in Houston, Texas. The Phillies are part of a big, big sports city in Philadelphia. In addition to the World Series-bound Phillies baseball team, Philadelphia also boasts the National Football League's only unbeaten team, the Eagles. The Eagles have won their first six games. The team rested on Sunday. This was a bye week for the Eagles. The AP's David Schuster joins us now 
with some of Sunday's NFL highlights. To the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes continues to be productive. 423 yards and three scores. Kansas City defeating San Francisco 44-23. Joe Burrow had 481 yards and three scores. Cincinnati beating Atlanta 35-17. We were rolling that first half. Uh, really, most of the second half, too. thought it was a pretty complete game. It was good to see. Obviously, you like to score on every single possession. I thought we could have, so we left some out there. But overall, pretty complete effort. Gus Edwards scored a pair of rushing touchdowns in Baltimore's 23-20 win over Cleveland. It was a must-win situation, big divisional game, rivalry game. Um, we got momentum now, and we just got to keep building it up. We're going to find out about ourselves in the weeks to come. Dak Prescott returned to the lineup as Dallas defeated Detroit 24-6. I felt comfortable with everything. Uh, thumb definitely didn't bother me. Wasn't a thought in my head. Uh, felt like... After a few throws, um, yeah, I was I was back into it. Not back into it was Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, who lost their third straight, 23-21 at Washington. We don't execute at all on offense in certain situations. Um, simple things, we're behind the sticks, we're, you know, penalties, or uh, dropping balls, we're not putting balls in the right spot. It's not winning football. And Tom Brady and Tampa Bay continue to lose 21-3 at Carolina. I'm David Schuster. Sporty greeting, this is Victor Simeon, Super Eagles of Nigeria, Napoli FC forward. You're listening to the sunny side of thoughts on the voice of America. Victor Osimen scored 10 minutes from time, and Serie A leader Napoli won 1-0 at Roma to match a club record with its 11th consecutive victory across all competitions. Victor Osimen, you get a sunny side of sports salute. And that wraps up the October 24th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.